we are stepping into, ooh, it's okay, everybody, if you're worried. Uh, we're, we're stepping back into the book of Acts, uh, but before we do that, yeah, before we do that, I want to make sure you guys have a book with you so that you can get into the book of Acts with me. So if you don't, you can just slip your hand in the air and Dee will get one out to you or, or somebody in the room will bring one to you. Otherwise, there's some down at the end of the rows. Maybe if you have one, hand, put it up in the air and somebody can grab it. But I want you guys to have a Bible uh, if you can. In fact, I'm just realizing I forgot a Bible. Can I, can I use that one? Thanks, honey. Yeah, see, if you're like me today and you didn't bring your Bible, we got you. If only I can find it now. Okay. So we've been in Acts, and that's been kind of fun. It's been, it's been really nice to like get into our story, like our origin story. And again, like it's always tempting to think for a second that, well, that's just our origin story. No, there is a template there. And, and, and what is started is still in process. It's in continuation. The seed that's been planted has been producing fruit and planting more seeds. And we ourselves find ourselves in an act, right? That God is still acting in the world through his people. And we are participating in that as far as we are willing. And so today we're going to look at that. And, and, and we've been looking at so far Pentecost, the coming and outpouring of the Spirit. Like, guys, it's not a trickle. That's not what it says. It doesn't say then the Spirit will be trickled out. It says then the Spirit will be poured out. That's awesome. And, and it's poured out for unity so that God can bring together, reconcile the world with himself that we will be together. And, and the faithfulness of the apostles that we see that they are already in one room, in one accord, in one place. Like they're in this faithful obedience just as we are here and now. And that's the space where the Spirit of God enters in is out of that place of obedience out of that place of oneness and prayer and the scriptures and all the things that the acts uh luke here the writer of acts is affirming uh right up front but he's also saying that a new thing's taking place that new creation itself is 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 breaking into the cosmos in a way it hasn't before through the pouring out of god's spirit through power and this new creation is still new. We're still in that. And I keep stressing that because I want us to pick up some of the zeal that is hanging out here. It's important that we give ourselves permission because that's the primary issue. It's not whether or not God's available or accessible at the moment. It's are you available? Are you accessible at the moment? Have you allowed yourself to be uh, captured by God? And that might be a process. I'm not saying it has to be a flash in the pan, but open yourself up, even if it's incrementally, okay? So if you see yourself today, you go, well, I like where I'm at. I'm, I love God, but I certainly desire more. Then take a step in that direction. Make a choice today to do something that would move you into greater awareness and relationship with God. You can do that. We've got all sorts of tools to help you with that, including worship and prayer and scripture, but uh, core groups, Axiom community groups, you can serve, you can uh, get in one of our uh, community groups and, and help lead the missions projects that we're doing. Like, there's tons of stuff. You can join Sean on the security team. He's sweating out there right now, but you know what? He's experiencing the Spirit of God while he's out there sweating on our behalf. Okay? Believe me. Everybody's in here with their AC going, ah, I don't feel led in that way. I just don't feel led 
by the Spirit right now in that way. Okay, well, listen to the Spirit. Okay, so we're in Acts chapter 2, verse 14 through 21. Okay, so there's your address. Look it up because uh, it's not going to come up on the screen. That's why I want you to have a Bible. Um, it's not too late to get one. Uh, verse 14. Now, this is kind of cool because this is the first sermon given by the church. That's what we're going to look at today. That, that Peter stands up and gives a sermon for the first time in the, in the church, Pentecost, Acts, the new church, that God is this new act that God is doing in the world, and Peter's going to preach. And you know what the topic of the sermon is? Do you know what the sermon is in response to? Whether or not they were drunk. The first sermon ever given was, hey, I know you think we were drunk, but let me tell you. Like, that's our starting point. Amen? So, if that's ever been you, welcome. Welcome to Axiom and uh, to the early church. We have, uh, I have good news for you today. So here it is. This is what Peter has to say. Chapter 2, verse 14. This is where it starts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. First example of why he's not drunk. He was able to stand. Okay. okay. Raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He said this. Fellow Jews. Okay, he's speaking to them as one of them. Fellow Jews. And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. Now, and then I love this. It's only 9 in the morning. <laughs> okay, well, I've been around a few at 9 in the morning, and let me tell you, I'm pretty sure they were still drunk. So it is possible, but Peter's making a case here that, they, hey, it's only 9 in the morning. Let me tell you, these people are not drunk as you <coughs> excuse me, suppose they are. Okay, so... Here's what I want to point out first and foremost here is that the kingdom of God is not this like neatly packaged room. It's not a, a it's not planning center. Okay? It's not it's not a space that you've curated to look and feel like God. <coughs> it's the world where people are at, right where they're at. Excuse me as I'm depending heavily on water today. The kingdom of God, at times, looks and feels like a room of drunkards. It just does. Because that's reality. That's the real world. And God's bre breaking into this new world with something just outside of the bounds of what people are used to. And so the easy explanation or reasoning that we do in that space is say, Ah, oh, well, they must be drunk. And certainly... That could, there could be a case for that. We, we talked about that a little bit last week. But we need to see, and I reiterate again, that the kingdom of God may look and feel not the way that you want it to do. It might look and feel like a bar at times. It might feel like the pub. It might feel like a party. And, and that's a good thing. Because I'm just saying, if I get to heaven, and it's just choir the whole time, I'm pissed. Okay? But I believe that God has more for us than that, that he's reclaiming everything, including the party, including the drunkenness, including all of it. And we can begin to participate in that rec reclaiming now. Whatever it is that's 
upside down can be made right side up, okay? And, and, and that's the church from the get-go, okay? But it's also the church from the get-go to be under accusation. It still is, by the way. And for good reason at times. But not always. See, embedded in so much of our culture, and even in ourselves, is this natural sort of suspicion. But we need to also have embedded in us, at least as followers of Jesus, the assumption that there's a possibility that what we're experiencing and seeing isn't just because isn't because the world hates me or because the church doesn't work the way I like or something like that. It, it might be that something's taking place here that's beyond my current experience and realm of understanding. God might be doing something new that I'm not used to seeing. And I, I, I want us to see both sides of that potential spectrum. Peter here is making a case for that. What you're seeing is perfectly at home in the kingdom of God. Perfectly at home. Now, but he goes further, and I love this. this is, he's, he's a better preacher than anyone I know, and this is his first time. And he says this. He, he essentially says, okay, so you're worried about us being drunk. Let me tell you, though, how it's going to be. If you're worried about this, let me explain to you how it's going to be. Let me tell you what's going to be for a second. Because what you're experiencing right now is, is just the beginning. It's just the, the start of it. There's more to come. So if you're throwing off your horse a little bit, let, like, let me help you out. I've got a little grace for you now. And, 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 I, and I stress this because I'm a little tired of the church always trying to sort of manage appearances. And that goes two directions. And, and I'm also tired of, of the church trying to be relevant. There, I just said it. I'm tired of the church trying to be relevant. Because the irony of that is you become the most non-relevant thing there is when you try to do that. I'm tired of the church trying to be neat and buttoned up. It's not always neat. There are people in the house. They're here. And we take it as it comes. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Whatever you are, we receive you and your stink. We do. Because we stink too. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Place where all are welcome. And that's the point Peter's about to make. Because like, if you're worried about drunkenness, let me tell you who's going to be at the party. You thought, you thought that was an issue. Let me tell you who's about to show up. That's his sermon. That's his sermon. I haven't even started reading the text. Okay. Let me say one more thing about that. I think we play it safe because of, you know, naturally, maybe we're afraid. What will other people think? 
But a word we use around here, which we didn't get for ourselves, we got it from Hebrews, and Hebrews, in the writer of Hebrews, Paul didn't get it from himself. It's a name for God. He says pioneer. This is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. That, and, and I bring up this word because this word speaks to this thing. That the church is about a new work and about a new thing. And the church, as we're going to see as we go through the book of Acts, is all about, here's a word we don't like, failure. Church is constantly falling down. And, and the falling down doesn't slow it down, by the way. It only speeds it up. Because the falling down is a means by which the church learns to grow. It's by means in which the dispensation of God and His Spirit get embedded into the work that they're doing. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a means for humbling, which is an incredibly rare, incredibly unicorn-like trait in our world. And, but it's a trait of the church when we're not trying to be all nice and tidy, like we have it all together. Okay? And so, this new creation, pioneering, sign of the Spirit project is compelling for all the wrong reasons, and that's a good thing. It's moving us for all the reasons that we would be afraid of being moved for, and yet it's the thing that God's using and doing to sweep us from the strongholds of religious, political, and social heresy. And that's what I want to call it, because when we try to keep everything nice and tidy, we're just playing to status quo. And status quo is where the devil lives. We live in the kingdom of God. We don't just make it fit for, for everyone because we want everybody to be happy. We open in the doors for everybody because nobody's happy. And we want to usher, usher the kingdom into the lives of people. Okay? And so I'm just telling you, Acts is like an explosion. It's just an explosion of this new thing. So you think drunkenness is a problem. Let me tell you who's going to be at the party. Verse 16, no. It's not that people were drunk. It's what was spoke. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, what Luke's saying here, and he's referencing Joel chapter two, verse twenty-eight to thirty-two. You can write that down if you want to check it out later. But he's saying, "Hey, you're you're saying they're drunk, but hold on, you've heard about this. You've heard, you know about this, and yet you're still filling in the blank when the blank's already been filled in." Okay. In the last days, verse 17, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven, in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Verse 21. In everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you're worried about drunkenness. Well, okay. But let me tell you what's going to happen what's beginning to happen now. Now, I read that text, and I just know because I've been a pastor for a long time that most of us immediately got, get caught up in the verbs of this text. We get swept into the, 
billows of smoke and the prophesying and the dreaming dreams. And we just, oh yeah, give me that blood, son, you know, which is kind of strange. We get, we get excited about that, but I want you to put, set that down and get excited about the nouns for a second. Get excited about the other side of this because what he's telling them, the, the dangerous thing here is not that these things are going to happen. It's not that people are going to have dreams and that there's going to be visions or that there's going to be prophesying. That's not it. The problem, the challenge of status quo is going to be young men, sons and daughters, old men, servants and women, everybody. It's radically inclusive to a culture that is dangerously small. And he says, in the kingdom of God, all of these people are going to have a part to play. God's spirit is at work in such a way that it is no longer just the few of you in the back that are worried about it. The few of you that are starting to get really uncomfortable as I'm talking. I'm pretending to be Peter. Peter is saying... All that power you have over people, that power has just, just been eclipsed by the power that God's Spirit has put in those people. They have a power that's greater than yours now. So you can have your rules, and you can keep it nice and tidy, or you can do whatever. You, you can be worried about the drunks in the room. But you should be worried about those kids over there. You should be worried about that old man over there. You should be concerned about those women or, or my servants over here. Because they're living in the power of the kingdom of God. They're doing something new. <sighs> Dangerous. Dangerous words, Peter. Pretty good preacher. This is happening before them. And the other thing here that's interesting, it's not in the temple that it's happening. This thing's starting in the upper room and going into the streets. And Peter here is saying, and I'm saying now, let's not be fanning the flames out. Let's be fanning the flames into, you know, let's, let's spread this thing a little bit. Let's not quench the spirit. Let's let the pouring out be the pouring out. And the truth is, one of the greatest sins of the church is the bearing of the giftedness of the body. That the church has messed up there. It has neglected to allow the body to fulfill its gifting. May we not subdue that. Now, sometimes it's been for good reason, right? right? We, there's concern of misuse or things like that. So, church, together, how about we, we have a pathway to maturity? How about we think about what this looks like healthy? Instead of being afraid of what it could do in its infancy. God's Spirit is committed to that with you, by the way. Because God's committed to that. Because God wants to bring about a new creation. And you are His chosen vehicle to do that. With you in relationship. As far as you're willing. And this Pentecost isn't just for us. It's for them too. So your heart better be as, as, as activated outward as it is inward. Because 
as verse 21 says it. I was going to start in 20 just to help us get there. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Okay, so that hasn't happened yet. Okay? So we're still in the time where all those other things are going to happen. That's you guys living in the Spirit is what I'm talking about. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Everyone. Man, our God is inclusive. Amen. So, we need to pray into the everyone part of that. Let God take care of the salvation. I want to pray into the everyone. So, here's what I want to do as we wrap up this time. I, there's some empty chairs in the room. And I think they need prayed over. I think just wherever you're at, you can pray on your own or you can gather with a few around you and just name it. There, there's, some, there's some missing. Everyone's not in the room. And this, this room isn't it, it either, right? But you guys get what I'm saying. Our hearts need to be activated towards everyone. Let's pray that God's spirit would have its way in that way for us. So I'm just going to release you guys to pray right now. Huddle with those around you. Or on your own, and let's pray into this for uh, a few minutes together, and then we'll we'll dive back in.